With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Rebel Edition, soon to be on OutletPass.net. Chris is out this week, but I got a Keelan Bailey with me. Boys, how's it going? That's, that's Yeah, couldn't couldn't have done that. Better How could you do it better than that? I couldn't. This week's a little like there's not. It's weird. There's not as a ton of things going on, but it allows us to kind of look back at some of the news that we've got over recent weeks, whatever, and uh, get prepared for free agency. So. We're going to get into the top 25 moments that the, from the Google Trends that came out. Uh, I believe they came out last week, but we didn't really get a chance last week because we had the coaching news to talk about. So uh, let's get into it now. Just kind of going to briefly run through them. I want to get your guys, since you guys are more students of the game than I am, I kind of wanted to get see your thoughts on if any of these made sense, didn't make sense. Obviously, it's all within the realm of what was Googled, and you can tell that like these were literally just people Googling questions, but... First, we have uh, W history. So the five moments for W history that were Googled the most were the Wubble and the 2020 virtual draft, Lisa Leslie with the first dunk on July 30th, 2002, the first game ever, Sparks vs. Liberty, June 21st, 1997, Tina Thompson, first player drafted in 97, and DT becoming the all-time leading scorer. Did any of those really, like, Considering it's just about what's history, I don't really think any of those are too crazy, but did anything really jump out to you guys there? No, not really. There are some things that I thought might could be considered there, but showed up in other categories that we'll get to shortly. Well, that, yeah, that's the other thing, right, is that the breakdown of the categories is a little bit odd. Right. Akil, any thoughts on that category in particular? <laughs> no, not really. Some cool moments. Lisa Leslie, of course, the first game, very iconic things. Uh, I think I think the later part of it will be a lot more interesting, though. So the next category was cultural influence. Uh, Maya Moore recreating the Jordan billboard in uh, 2018, the orange hoodie that I believe all of us own. Candace Parker, first woman on the cover of 2K, the first WNBA All-Star game at MSG, and Becky Hammond becoming the first full-time female assistant in the NBA, which has obviously been kind of one up with her being the like if like whenever she goes back to the W or go back to the NBA because we all most people assume she will after a successful aces run but uh there was some interesting stuff there so what were your thoughts Akil? for me I think the biggest thing culturally has to be the hoodie right like yeah you kind of think back to when probably probably Kobe was like the first one to kind of rock that hoodie like publicly going to a basketball game and then 
all you just see is everybody else buying hoodies and all that stuff. I believe, I think Fanatic sales like went up like 300 something percent on those orange hoodies after Kobe wore it. So like, I think that's definitely a huge moment as well. Um, So yeah, that's probably my biggest within like W culture wise because everybody and their mothers were wearing those orange hoodies and still buying said orange hoodies to this day. I mean, I got my brother out here wearing an orange hoodie because I got two, and he's never watched a WNBA game in, in his life. I'm working on it, but I still love that he's out there repping the orange hoodie. Man, hoodie is tough. What can we say? I'm not a big fan of the color orange either, which makes it even more wild that I'm like out here wearing it willingly. Same, honestly. I'm not. I don't usually love orange, but I love that hoodie. Like, it's a tough thing to match with. Like, yeah. like it's only like black, gray. Like, you can't wear any other color. Like, if you wear navy, you look like you're out here from Syracuse. It's like, Bailey, what were what were some of your favorite moments culturally from that list? I loved the Maya Moore's billboard poster, whatever it was, was on there. Because I thought that was really, really cool when it happened. And I also loved that the All-Star game, the first one, was on there. Because I always thought it was really cool how... The W had Whitney Houston sing the national anthem at that game, which I always thought was like really, really big because at that time Whitney was really big. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought those were really cool. And obviously, Becky Hammond's impact is even um, more relevant right now as she's returning to coach the Aces full time. So, that's really cool. Love to see her make that a, back around, make that, I guess, return to the W. So I like I like those those five. I thought that was a really good five. One of the I would say one of the better fives of this five of the five. Yeah, one of the better fives of the fives. Yeah, I agree. I, I like. I feel like everything else kind of felt like. I mean, and, and I know that's what it is. So like that doesn't help. But like a lot of it just felt like just like a Google search, whereas this actually felt like things that were relevant, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, rookies. So I was waiting for like exciting rookie performances and da 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 da. Uh, some of that is what this is, but it's mostly just drafts, which is fine too. Uh, 2013 draft, which saw uh, first three picks being... Ed, BG, and SDS. Correct. No. One, two, no. three. Which is wild in retrospect. That's the draft. That's the draft moment. <laughs> it is what it is. Like that yeah. draft trumps every other draft out there. Yeah, these next two are like cool, like stats, but they're not. They're not. But they don't. To me, touch that. Twenty nineteen had all five of Notre Dame starting five drafted, which is actually kind of crazy when you think about it. With Jackie Young going one, Arike going five, Bree Turner going eleven, Jessica Shepard going sixteen, and Marina Mabry going nineteen. That's just. Just imagining all of that on one college team is kind of wild, especially when it's not UConn. Whenever because you, you think of UConn as that like dominant like recruiter, and we'll get to them again in a moment. But that's cool to see that from a different team. But uh, 2002 UConn, uh, four UConn starters drafted in the first round, which is absolutely absurd. With Sue Bird, Swin Cash, Asia Jones, and, and Tamika Williams. Then actually getting to the on the court stuff for rookies, Brittany Griner became the third player to dunk when she did so in her very first game, dunking twice. 
And then Candace Parker's rookie season with the rookie of the year and the MVP. Uh, I think I know where, what, which one of those moments is Bailey's favorite, obviously with the, with the Candace love, but am I wrong? No, no, I do love the three to see being part of this too, though, that that was a huge moment for the W. And I feel like if that happens a few years later, the impact would be even bigger, but we don't get to where we are now without that happening. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you? I mean, Akil, you made your thoughts known that, that the three to see was, was what it was for you, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, going back, because I skipped over the icons category, uh, Candace Parker dunking twice as a rookie, which were the second and third dunks in WNBA history. The shot, Teresa Witherspoon, half-court buzzer beater to win game two of the 1997 finals. Uh, Liz Cambays dropping 53 for the wings. Elena Del Don, 50, 40, 90 in 2019. And more recently, Courtney Vandersloot's 18 assist game in 2020. Uh, again, I think that Bailey's is probably more easy to predict, but what was your favorite moment of those, Bailey? Uh, I actually think, shockingly enough, you, you might, unless we're thinking about the same thing, my favorite one's the shot. Yeah, I, I you most people I think that, that, that don't listen to us enough would probably think, that it was the Candace thing, but I, I've talked to you enough about the shot that I knew that that was what was coming. Yeah, yeah, that's it's always it's always a fun moment to see a a buzzer beater, but in such a big stage, in such a pivotal moment, and against such a, I mean, against the biggest dynasty in the W at that time and arguably ever, like it it was a special moment. Then it it even. For me, it went even further when I heard uh, Cynthia Cooper and Tina Thompson on the Knuckleheads podcast talk about that moment from their perspective. And it was, and it kind of changes how I viewed it. I know um, Tina Thompson was talking about how she was under the rim at the time, and they had talked about just stop ball, stop ball, and then no one stopped the ball. And it allowed Spoon to get off a clean look, and she's standing under there just watching it like, that ball's going in, and it went in. So, you know, hearing a little more context and a little background on it really kind of changed my perspective and really moved it up even further in my book. Kiel, do you have any other opinions on the other icons? Yeah, for me, personally, that's very, very good. Like, I like that one, but for me, my favorite is... Uh, EDD joining 504090. Like, I just think being in the all elusive 504090 club is super cool. Like, it just means you're extremely efficient. Um, something Arike probably will never be able to join in her whole life. Um, <laughs> but I love our plot is just gratuitous shots at Arike. Somewhere Arike is just chilling, and she'll never hear that, but she probably sensed it. If she heard it, Akil's catching a block. That's the only one block she's getting. <laughs> Let's go, wow. Jordan. Wow. Um, Bailey, I'll join you with the Black Club. It's cool. It is what it is. Hey, bro, uh, like, you really out here throwing shots at everybody. <laughs> am, I wrong? am I wrong, though? I, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It's what you said. <laughs> am I, tell me I'm wrong, and then I'll take it back. Uh, yeah. Um, I can't tell you you're wrong because you're exactly right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, anyways, right? Like going 50, 40, 90 in a whole year is extremely impressive. 
very hard to do. A lot of people just don't do that. And efficiency is one of the things that I extremely value. And to see her be the first person to do it, like, yeah. And EDD in general to me is one of those people that's a very, very big what if because of injuries kind of derailed that. But like when she was at the peak of her powers, we all talked about it before. She was an absolute bucket. Nobody could stop her. She was insane. She was crazy. That championship run was something that was truly, truly special. And I'm I'm rolling with that one. So the final category is something that Akil has made very clear to all of us is the only thing he cares about when it comes to basketball, and that's championships. So the first one, oddly enough, is exactly what Akil would want to hear about is the Seattle Wubble title. So, yeah, I'll let him clap a little bit. That one was kind of boring for most people, but good for Akil being happy. <laughs> Hardest championship to win in WNBA history. Uh, okay. Uh, DT's game winner in game three of 2014. Uh, Bailey, do you want to explain to us what the NECA moment was? No, everybody knows what the NECA moment was. You're right. I don't but have I, to explain it. I like it literally you... plays at the beginning of our pod. You're not wrong. I just like giving you a chance to talk about NECA. I, I, I appreciate it, but like, I, I'm good. All right, all right. It, it uh, speaks t- for itself. I don't have to say anything. Yeah, I just say NECA, and everyone's like, yep. Yeah, uh, that's it. And Tamika it's on Ketchings, my wall. Uh, yeah, I know. Tamika Catchings leading the Fever to a title in 2012, the only one in franchise history. She dropped 25 points in the Game 4 win. And the Lynx completing the dynasty, winning their fourth title in seven seasons. Man, that was such a run. That was that, such a run. That, that's a crazy run. That was oh man, like that Lynx team. I I I still don't feel like people talk about that Lynx team enough. Like yeah, I, I really it, it's the kind of thing that I can't wait to look back on on the history because like it's absurd. Because like man, Sylvia Fowles is so good, right? Mm-hmm. But then you pair her with Maya Moore. And Simone Augustus and Lindsey Whalen and Rebecca Brunson and all the role players they had around them and like that the level of talent on that team, but like with the chemistry and like no one had like a personality issue. Like there was no issue whatsoever. Like we know you know Maya Moore is like the the premier, the 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 alpha, the number one option, but like no one had a problem with that. No one like there was no type of issue or anything. Like they stayed together. Like it's one thing to win four titles in seven years, and it's a completely different thing to keep a team together for seven years. Much less competing for championships for seven years. Like that that is still one of the craziest things I've gotten to witness as a basketball fan in my life. Like you think about other dynasties, you look like the Spurs over their 20-year run, you think about the Warriors or LeBron's here, however you want to look at it, but like the Lynx, like four and seven is that's, it's wild. Unprecedented. I mean, that's what, 57% of the seven years you're winning the championship? Yeah, that's that's like Greg Popovich level stuff there, right? Like I wouldn't even say that. I don't even think you can say that's Greg Popovich level stuff. That's like, li- that's literally Cheryl Reeve level stuff and no one else. Like yeah, they had a repeat in there, right? They did. They had one. Yeah. Because that's 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 what sets them apart from the Greg Popovich, right? 
Right, like that, like makes her definitely like. I think we could all agree, like the goat of coaching women's basketball. Like that is truly incredible, remarkable things. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not. Gonna, I'm obviously not gonna argue because I wasn't there for it. But just like looking back and stuff like that, I'm just like, you're yeah, not Corey. Whenever you go back and you know look at some, like those games should be fairly easy to find, but like. Buddy, you're you're in for a treat. That I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I was a Sparks fan, or am a Sparks fan, I should say. And so, like, it seems like they were always they always had good battles and good games. And obviously, you know, 2016 was kind of the pinnacle of that. But like that that Lynx team was that team that like I consider a rival, but it was impossible to hate. You know, like a lot of times you hear people talk about rivalry and it gets like bitter or whatever. Like, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't That's do it. Respect. Yeah, like I couldn't do it. Like. Other other teams that I'm a fan of, they have rivals that I hate, but like I would consider the Lynx that that like the rival and it was impossible to hate them. Like they they were just that that good. Like and they just won like I don't want to say the right way because I hate that term, but like they, they did it with class. They didn't show like show out or anything like that. Like I like a little bit of that, but like they just won. Like they just Came out, beat you, and got off the court. Like, Cheryl Reeve teams. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So before yeah. we get into well, – go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think the best moment is probably that, four and seven. Like, that's crazy. Uh, second best is my Seattle Storm winning the level. Uh, the mental fortitude that was accomplished to be able to win said championship. Um Second to not, uh, extremely dominant, beat everybody very badly. RIP to the competition, everybody else stunk. Uh, it is what it is. Like, I want to tell him he's wrong, but like, it's really tough. Like, not just because the run was so impressive, but also when your team wins, you get the chance to gloat. So, I, I guess we'll, we'll give it to you this time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't be mad at that. I just, I don't agree with that being the hardest. Uh, it's certainly a difficult one. I'm not taking away from it, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't like to, Bailey, I'm not like it, a kid. I don't like to put anything as one. You know what? The thing is, it's not really, wasn't the hardest. We were just <laughs> like, we were just the healthiest team out of everybody that was there in the bubble. Uh, and we kind of took advantage of it, but Hey, you play who's in front of you and you guys all lost. That is what it is. Yeah, It is very easy to forget that the Eric Hamby was, you know, hobbled in that series, but I digress. Yeah, you know, yeah. The Bill's gone now, so I guess it is what it is. Um, Let's go. So before we get into this week's debate, we're going to touch on free agency real quick. We this is the first week that there there's able to be like the core designation and stuff like that. So uh, kind of wanted to get we're each going to give. It started off we were each going to give five predictions, but something tells me that a number of our predictions are going to uh, overlap. So let's. Bailey, I'll, I'll let you take the first prediction. What is your first prediction about free agency? So we heard today that John Cole Jones got that offer. Mm-hmm. I don't think she takes it. Oh wow, really? I don't. I don't think she takes it. Bailey, Bailey, where do you think John Cole Jones ends up? I'm not gonna say it's impossible that she doesn't go back to Connecticut, but I don't think she takes what they offered her today. Yeah. So you think she just extends for a longer term? I think she hits like explores the market first. Well, Obviously, so they have exclusive rights, right? I think so, but if she turns like it could it down, be a signed like, trade. Yeah, like I, I think she explores her market because 
as someone so gracefully put it on Twitter today, and it's something that, you know, we've talked about a good bit, like how you put up 32 and 18 in the finals for your coach, like in 2019. And then when MVP a few years later and your coach pretty much makes you your second option when a certain player comes back with no shoulders. I mean, and we I, all know I I love AT, but like her, I I I will go down in history arguing that her return and the way they handled it, I won't say cost them that championship, but significantly hampered their chances at that championship. Yeah, yeah. they never figured out the chemistry thing this that year mm-hmm. at all post AT. Well, the issue is, and, and this is coming from a Connecticut fan, they figured it out. They said AT's our person, and John Quell right. mine, and that's what really killed oh, it. That's that's what I mean by the never figured it out. Uh, I think John Quell Jones sides with the New York Liberty. I don't know why I've been on this train, but I love this train, and I'm rolling with this train until I see your sign somewhere else. I love so, that we all have a John Quell Jones note. This is cool. So what does that look like, Akil? How does she get to the New York Liberty? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so cute. Right, well, 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 look, figure, figure it out. Figure that out and get back to me on that. I, because I'm going to be honest, I don't think that's really out of the realm of possibility. Because I also oh, listed no. New York as a potential Asia landing spot at one point. So like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But like, I would love to see what you come up with for that. I'll run the numbers. I'll get back to you next Monday. I'll Not a chance you run the numbers. Rev up the WNBA trade machine on her hoop stats. I got you. I'll figure it all out. Probably have to be a massive three-team trade or something. But uh, My John Quell note. Kind who, of else has, who else has uh, Liz Cambage going down to ATL? We're not – let Corey give let me John Quell I'll, 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 I have a Liz note too, so I'll, after my John Quell note, I'll, I'll transition to Liz. Uh, for sure. I think John John Quell actually does get the four year whatever the supermax they can give her, but I do think that there is a core level player on the market that no one is really talking about that could be on the move. And I've I've said this for months, and I think Sylvia Fowles is going somewhere else. I don't know why. I do know why. I think it's because she keeps saying that every like while we, we look at the older players, whether it be Super announcing that she's coming back. Or we still haven't heard about Diana Taurasi, but we can assume. No one's really looking at Syl, even though Syl said at the end of the year that she wasn't sure because she wants to start a family at some point, but also rings matter. But in a year where Nafisa Collier is going to miss almost the entire season, I thought the entire season, I don't think that team competes for a ring otherwise. I understand they're loaded with talent, but like you saw what they were like with Fee out. You, like, you can't expect that Syl's going to be able to come out here and be Defensive Player of the Year again and have a 2020 game again. Go ahead. Okay, but, but wait. I saw something that said that Fee is expecting in May. Okay. So but like, so she could theoretically back post-All-Star? Pretty, pretty early in the season compared to what we originally thought. Well, I'm not changing my prediction. I still think so. I mean, I, I, here's the thing, right? I kind of get that vibe, too. Right, I like I kind of have that sneaky suspicion too, and you're right. Nobody's really talking about it because I think a lot of people are just assuming it still still stays. But I don't think it's a open shut case like well, a lot of people think. And the only time I've heard it mentioned is if Sil wants to be here, she'll be here. It's not ever actually 
addressing, she could choose to go elsewhere. So it's, me, she's so either going to choose to stay or retire, and I don't think it's that simple. That's exactly what I was about to ask. Like, do you think she retires at all, or do you think she runs it back with a different team for a year or two? I think, I mean, she's good. I, I like that she's not. We'll get into Atlanta in a little bit. She's not who I have going to Atlanta, but like, if they don't get people that I think they might. Why wouldn't she go somewhere there where somebody could throw a bag at her? She plays for one season. And if they're rebuilding, it could be like something really impressive. I just, I, I don't know where I don't, I, but I just have that, that sneaking suspicion. What if she finds her way to Vegas? I mean, that would be insane, right? She could. I like this. I like where right. Corey. That's a fun uh, one. My Liz thought, I don't have her going to Atlanta at Kiel. I have her and she will out of the league next year. I see will not for not by her choice. <laughs> I think I actually I think Liz letting go of the agent. All jokes aside, I think Liz is gonna. I mean, she's threatened it every other year, right? <laughs> is she going full time DJ? I don't. I think she met like I mean it. So I, I hate to be skeptical whenever it comes to mental health, obviously, but like she made a big deal about mentioning how impactful that was to her last season and why she didn't do the Olympics, and. She could say that, or it could be because she's due for a pay cut. She was making the Supermax this year. I don't think that's happening again, even though she was an all-star this year. I don't I don't think we're seeing Liz Cambage in the W this year. Ooh. Ooh. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I I wouldn't – I haven't thought really much about Liz, to be honest, but certainly a chance. And, Akil, you said you think she's going to Atlanta? Yeah, Cue all the future music. Cue throwaway. Cue March Madness. Uh, cue coding crazy. Uh, cue all of that. She's she's going top tough. She's getting lemon pepper wings. She's chilling down there. Her angel Kennedy about to be nothing but vibes. Oh, I got an ATL prediction because I agree with you that I think they're about to build something special. It just doesn't involve Liz Cambage. I, I I think that's a good transition. Give me what you got. Oh, did you have anything? You said you didn't have anything on this, Bailey. Well, I'll come back to you after my, my, this is my Atlanta prediction. I think Hollywood's coming back. Obviously, like they've dropped enough hints, but I don't think that they're going to make a move with her. I know Diamond said she wants to come back to Chicago, but somebody's got to be out in Chicago. So I think Diamond's coming there. I think Angel McCautry's coming there. And I think Angel McCautry will take a little bit of a discount because she wants to go back there, which gives you enough room to bring in Tina Charles. She got the damn Padover connection. She wants to win a ring, and I know that Atlanta's not proven, but if you're going there with Diamond and Angel and you have those two young guards, I, I do think that, the, that she's going. That's my prediction. Maybe be, maybe it's a hot hot prediction, but that's I've, I've been thinking it for a while, and that's what I'm going with. Man, if Atlanta gets Tina Charles, and they're going to give up like 60 points in the paint a night. That's true. It's going to be a little, It's going to be her and Mo Billings. Starting, starting bigs. I I love both those players, but like, not a lot of BG, BG comes to town. It is on a positive. BG might not be in the playoffs next year. Hey, you aren't wrong. I mean that's fair, but like also like, she's still gonna cook the absolute crap out of this. Well, that's game. those those couple nights of the year. It's gonna be rough. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm curious to see what product Atlanta gets, like what roster they get, because I have season tickets to them now. Um, the season ticket holder for sure. Some I uh, interest. I don't really 
want them to get Tina, but uh, they're going to throw money at somebody. They they have a lot of money to throw. Um, and we got fucking like Magic City money to throw away. Uh, well, they also seem to be a, a, an ownership group that wants to throw money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. want this to be a real team. I think they're going to throw like they're going to throw offers at a lot of people. Like we could all probably agree they're going to be giving a lot of people offers and just to see whoever bites hooks and like, all right, we got this person. I don't hate I'm, that though. I'd rather teams be aggressive. That's fair. I have a fun game. Um, if you guys are willing to to play said game, I have a ton of predictions uh, for what happens with the greatest franchise in WNBA history. The Sparks? No, God no. Nobody would care about LA. I, I know you do. That's also me joking. Look, I got, I wrote down some things of what I think in a perfect hopeful world could happen for my Seattle Storm. One of my predictions was about the Storm. So wait, is this one of your predictions, or is this separate from that? No, this is a game. I want you guys to think of what predictions I actually have written down for the Seattle Storm. Oh, God. Well, I know the first one we disagree upon is that the big three are coming back. Yeah, I think one of your predictions is probably Jewel Lloyd goes to LA. Is that no, it, it wasn't any – I didn't have anything specific. I just said one of them doesn't come back. Spoiler okay. alert. One of, my, one of my two remaining predictions is Jewel Lloyd will not be with the Storm. She will be signing with the LA Sparks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that money works out, but I would. Uh, take it. You have to renounce the rights to the players that are not have not been responded to yet, which also kind of involves the current assistant coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, first of all, by the way, that's not happening. You can throw that dream away. That's um, not a dream for me. I don't care about the Sparks. She could go to the dream. I don't think she will just because, like, if I like in my hypothetical world where Kennedy's back, but if if they want to move on from Kennedy, get weird, or like, or they want to run a three guard set, get weird. I don't mind that either. That could be a lot of fun. Anyway, go ahead, Akil. We're hijacking. More realistically, what do you guys think I have written down for my Seattle Storm? Uh, everyone available taking the minimum coming through. <laughs> More realistically, I have realistic things written down on my list. John Quill, Sloot. No, Asia. no, 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 no. Is that where you think Tina Charles goes? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, but well, like all jokes aside, like I, I don't, I like I think if Joel leaves, if I'm not, because you can't get all of them. Like you can't have the big three and Tina Charles. But I think in a world where you're not paying Joel, so Tina Charles goes there. I I think this is something that happens. I think I think since Sue's a little older, um, she realized she might not have to take a little less money. To she make something. a lot less, bro. Like I, I think she takes. I think she figures out a way to make some money work, to at least bring back Stewie and Jewel. Like, oh no, that's I, fair. I just don't think you can do all four. Yeah, no, I think I think realistically, she takes off a lot, a lot of money to like let that happen. But I think if Jewel walks and she says, "Hey, I want to go to make give, like get my own squad," um, which I think is kind of a mistake personally. Um, I think we do actually have a real shot at getting Tina Charles. Um, but then I have one other storm-related thing, and I kind of want to see if people figure it out. Go ahead, Bailey. Bailey? Are you trying to figure I, out who's available? I, yeah, I was trying to think about like the most random player I could think of. Is it Jordan Canada goes overseas for good? 
I was I was actually thinking about someone coming to the storm, but I think you probably hit the nail on the head because we all know how Akil feels about Jordan Canada. I mean, I may or may not have had tweets go off that I said that she should probably play in a Canadian basketball league. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Yeah, <laughs> instead of the WNBA, but no, not about that. It's another player. I was literally thinking like the most random player. I, I was thinking like they sign like. Or they find a way to get like Marina Mabry or something. Just something I hate you so completely much. random. Like that's... I hate you so much. What? It was it was Marina Mabry coming to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? You figured it out. <laughs> no, that's that's too that's funny, what... bro. I thought that was like the biggest shot in the dark was Marina Mabry. That's really funny. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Like I thought that was no chance of being right. No, so, I, do you have I, any other predictions, or was was the rest of your predictions us guessing your predictions, Akil? No, that was it. Marina maybe comes to Seattle and have Jewel leaves and get Tina Charles. And that's it. All right, I got two free agency questions. All right. Biggest winner, biggest loser. I don't think the Dream are going to be the biggest winner, despite having probably the most money. No, I think they're going to do well. I don't. Th- I don't necessarily think they're going to be the biggest winner. I got a feeling the biggest winner is going to be John Claude Jones. Yeah, yeah, I could see that because she's. I mean, she's finally going to get paid her due, no matter where she goes. And hopefully, I really hope so. I, I can't imagine a world where she doesn't. Like yes. it's just impossible. She's just. I mean, she's the MVP of the league before you even get into that. But like, right. Yeah. Um, who might? Is it bad to say that the Fever are going to lose free agency? <sighs> so, like, I just remove them from it because I don't think they're going to be affected. They don't really have enough space to actually make an impact. So, like, it, it's just tough. But which is kind of why I think they're going to be a loser because this is a good year to have. Some yeah. Money. Honestly, and this is actually no shot at what we were just talking about with Akil. I genuinely think there's a real chance the Storm are one of the biggest losers in free agency because there's a world where. Joel walks and you don't get Tina. Like I, I actually like really believe that if Joel walks, you you have a real shot at Tina. But if you don't, and it's just Sue and uh, Brianna Stewart next year, not another star. I'm really worried about where the the Seattle Storm are next season. If that happens, I'm throwing my name in the transfer portal. I think I'm a true Fairweather fan. I think there's still a possibility that Stewie doesn't come back the same. That's what I mean. That's so. That's why I think you actually need Joel Lloyd or Tina Charles to be there for you to actually be a real contending team. I want her to like. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I have worries. Who wouldn't? Right? Like it's it's. Akil. You're right. No, no. First of all, by the way, I have talked a lot about her Achilles in our chats before. It's true, you have. Yeah, no, like, I know. I'm, I'm just picking like, at you, bro. I'm literally just picking at you. No, I know, I know. And I'm like, I've realistically said this like, two, one Achilles injury is tough. But two? Yeah. On the same Achilles is like. With a surgery? Was there not a surgery involved? There was a surgery, yeah. 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 Like, there's not a lot of shots that you come back close to like. And once again, she could also, she's like that talented, she could like prevolve us wrong and be the same Stewie that she was earlier this year, pre-Achilles killing everybody, right? Like, there's a shot that happens. But like, we all saw how bad she was post 
the most pointless game of all time. Um, whatever that game is, I even forget what it's called. The Commissioner's um, Cup. Yeah, that's that thing, that monstrosity of whatever. Like, like, but yeah, she was awful. Like, we could all objectively agree that she was not good in that, like, post that game. Um, so I think she'll probably be closer to that than like what she was before. So you have to be able to build around that whatsoever. And like, also in general, this has nothing to do with free agency. Like the storm has to knock these next couple draft picks out of the park. Like they have to like basically not miss on draft picks because we already are that thin. Like they just have to draft well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think they'll do that. I think they draft pretty well normally. And I, I how do we draft in Jordan Canada? But you also draft relax. <laughs> I mean, but I, we also did draft Subert and Jewel and Stewie, right? So, like, there is yeah, I, 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 I trust them as a drafting team. Um, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I, and, you know, Stewie and KD both already kind of proved us wrong about these Achilles injuries, but Stewie Also Kelsey Plum. Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey Plum, Plum, too, yeah. Yeah, so I knew I was forgetting someone. Um, But, yeah, but, like, Stewie has like an additional level to that now that neither of those other two have. Because it's the second one. Yeah, so it's it is a bit concerning, um, especially for a player who is so such a focus for her team and does so much. Um, but hey, I would love to be my doubts to be silenced. I would love for her to come out and be, you know, arguable best player in the league, Brianna Stewart. Yeah. That's what that's what made part of like 2020 that bubble around so impressive. Like she was virtually like the same player, like maybe even better a little bit. Like she just was not missing a beat like that post Achilles. So yeah. yeah. Um we can switch topics. Can I would just say one more thing since I said that I think they're gonna be my biggest loser. My biggest my prediction for biggest winner is Kalia Copper. I think. I like she's that. Biggest winner of the 2022 or the 2021 playoffs. I think she's going to be the biggest winner of the 2022 free agency. She's going to get that max and she's going to deserve every penny. You saw her tweet. She saw her tweet, right? Like, I did. So, like, 118, 2022, big things coming. Hey, man. I think, and you could tell with everything that kind of happened that post championship run, like, James Wade, head coach and said GM of that basketball team. Basically, all but guaranteed. Like, Kai, you are coming back. Like, yeah, for sure. There's there zero doubt, and like, yeah, zero doubt in his mind that she, she will not be back in a sky uniform. And all of the vets kind of loved her as well. Um, she'll be back. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, did you have any other predictions for free agency, Bailey? I know we cleared I, all. Of I have one more. Not oh, I thought we cleared all yours. My bad. I have one more. Not Seattle Storm related. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Steph Dolson. My last one, Steph Dolson, too. Let's hear it. All right. Where do you have Steph Dolson going? I think Dallas finds a way to consolidate their roster and then brings in Steph Dolson. Yeah, upset you with that much monstrosity and evil on one of our favorite players in the W, by the way. I'm not, I'm not happy about it. That's, I, for whatever reason, I felt a connection there. I think that's where it's going. I, I think Mama Steph would fit really well there. You know where I do think Mama Steph ends up? No. Um, I think she ends up in Sin City. I would love that. That would be fantastic. 
be that, well, would, that would be cool. I think she would fit well in whatever Becky Hammond's gonna do. Like, especially because I was thinking about it now, where you have Becky Hammond kind of coming over from the from the NBA side, and you get Becky right. Like, I think with Becky, you could do a lot more stuff with Steph there, right? Like. You could probably have Steph shooting four or five threes a game, like being a full-time pick-and-pop big next to Asia and just give Asia all the space to work and do all that stuff. Yeah. But Becky Hammond as a head coach, I love the Steph basis fit. Like, that makes a ton of sense to me. So yeah, I, I much prefer your prediction. I, I think she goes to Vegas. Well, that, that was my last one. So, Bailey, did you have any more predictions? Um, not really. Uh, All right, no, that's good. That's good. Let's get into the debate hosted by Bailey. Yeah, so this week it's my turn. And we only have two people entering this one. Those of you that maybe haven't listened to us or not know how this works, we borrowed this from No Skips with Jinx and Shay, where we just have a, a, a little debate at the end of each pod between our hosts. Uh, usually with the winner gets to choose what they debate. We did it to try to fill in some non-W stuff, but so far they've been mostly W-related, but we'll get there. And then we get to plug something. At, the winner gets to plug something at the end and decide next week's debate. So this week, I have opted to have these two guys debate who the best fit is for the Mercury coaching job. For Corey, who'd you pick? Teresa Weatherspoon. Akil, who you got? I got Latricia Trammell. All right, cool. So that's who we're that's who they're debating. You get a minute. We're gonna start with Akil because A comes before C. You are ready before you go. I want to clarify. I love both of these options. I don't have any bias towards either of them, but I'm judging the argument more so than the option. All right. Okay. I'm I'm ready whenever you are. Three, two, one, go. Yeah, I think with the recent parting ways with Sandy, uh, you're kind of looking at a new direction, and you're trying to form a new kind of identity slash system slash whatever with whoever your next coach is going to be. And I think that's where Latricia Chandler really comes into play. Her reputation is really like kind of positioned there as one of the next kind of sought after assistants in the W to become a head coach. She's been a coach for over 30 years in the W in basketball in general. Um, she's one of the best assistants also. Bailey would know. She's under your uh, Los Angeles Sparks. Her, de- her defensive-minded approach has definitely been an asset to that team. With her as an assistant, they've had a top three defensive rating with her. Defensive player of the year with Candace. Brittany Sykes was all-team first defense as well. And NECA was first-team all-defense in 2019 as well. I think that helps their case a lot in making that happen and forming a defense identity. Okay. Okay. Compelling. Very compelling. Corey, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. In three, two, one. I've just really liked the trend that was started by Becky Hammond of getting legendary women back into this league. I think that bringing Teresa Weatherspoon back into the league is important. She has the coaching experience being a coach in the CBA in college, and now she's been an assistant in the in the NBA for two seasons. So I just think that really uh, giving the NBA 
a chance to see what they've missed out on in having these awesome women on their coaching staffs and not uh, really giving them a chance to take that head job is a nice shout. So I I just want to keep that trend going. And obviously more black women in a position of power is all I ever want to see. I think that uh, you've already seen her manage stars, whether it be with, or like help work with Zion and Brandon Ingram. So I think having her work with some stars here with some interesting personalities could be an interesting shout as well. So I don't think I needed the full minute, but here we are. Hey, you used it. Okay. Another compelling argument. You guys did great. These were great. Akil, yours was shockingly organized. I'm going to throw a little shade there, but I thought it was really good. Corey, I knew you had yours ready and written out. So, you know, I, I knew what I was getting into. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked the way you went with that, Akil, forming a new identity. I always felt that Sandy's teams were kind of mid-defensively, despite having some above-average defenders, um, minus the turnstile that we named Diane Sarazi. Uh But... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. I love how we try to throw shade at all the players we always need to throw shade at. Whether it's me and Corey with Hurricane and you with DT. Like yeah, I'm sorry. I, I love us. I love our brand, bro. I Admittedly, we don't try that hard not to throw shade. Yeah, we, no, really- we, we don't at all. Like I, I talked low on that one, but I didn't try to like hide it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. uh, I really liked a lot of Corey's points as well, both with bringing more players back into the league, especially ones with experience. And I definitely liked how you added in. It's kind of a screw you to the to the NBA. I, I definitely like that. So between the two of you, I think I'm going to have to side with Corey here because I'm always down for sticking it to the NBA. He ain't always down to stick it to Akil. I don't like when Akil wins these debates. <laughs> right, I thought about a great debate, by the way. You did. No, like no, you did. That was a great one. Like, I'm not – like I said, I wanted to make sure you understood that. But I'm siding with Corey on this one. I, I get it. You don't value defense. It's cool. It is what it is. Do you know who I am? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I, I also think, Corey, no pressure. I like pushing these debates past W-related things. Um, so if we can get that trend rolling a little bit more, that'll be great. No, I will. I will. I will. I will look into it. It's just us next week, I believe. Again, I believe Chris is off for the next few, so I will come up with something that I think you two could could really debate. But oh, yeah. give us a music debate since it's just us two. Jesus Christ! Well, actually, I'm going to probably because All that's right. funny enough. That's what I'm going to plug. Is uh, you guys don't know this, but you know that you plugged it for me. But I, I went back and listened to Channel Orange, and while I was doing the album, and I found my life changed. So. Yeah, it's from 2012. Whatever. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, respectfully, this is the entire reason why I wanted to do these things is because I think that as somebody who is an uncultured person up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I need to be exposed to some culture. And (laughs) y'all bring that to me. So while I like winning, I I, I like plugging my thing. I like actually when you guys win more because it really opened my eyes to things. All right, Corey. So you've listened to Channel Orange. Did you listen to any other Frank Ocean while you were there? Uh, I mean, it was like so afterwards. Like Spotify continued playing, but I don't know if any. I don't know what was on and what wasn't, so I can't. I'll just say no. I well, okay. What was your favorite song off the of Channel Orange? I think Pink Matter, but that's just because I love Andre. But Akil likes that choice. <sighs> like there was a number of songs that I realized I've heard before, and like so that's what I was saying. Like I think I've listened to that album before, or at least part of the album before. 
Um, you definitely heard see. thinking about you. You've definitely heard thinking about you. Everybody heard thinking about you before. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm bringing up. I'm bringing up my Spotify to see which songs I liked. Like that, I like, flew around my room. Everybody knows that. I You've know. at least seen the vine of the potato flying around the room. I like bad religion. I like monks. I like thinking about you. You're right, and then super rich kids. Did right. you like lost at all? Probably. I like. I like. I was like. I said. I was multitasking when I did it. I was doing my my clip threads, so it was whatever I caught fast enough to like more than what I actually like. Like, cause I like most of it. There was nothing on there. I was like, oh, I don't want to listen to that again. So I'm probably gonna listen to it a couple more times. Yeah, you gotta listen again and give us a little, give us a little rundown, cause pyramids. <laughs> oh, pyramids was good. I didn't like that song, but like that was that the song. That was, which song was like ten minutes? Pyramids. Yeah, pyramids. that song. That song was good. It was a little too long for my taste, but it's a good song. Bruh. that's that's it's, a song. I I talk about it before, but the that's the. Three run track of pyramids to lost to white. Yes. yes. Yeah. That, was, that, I will listen to you guys more often. You guys at that, least. That run, is, that run is something special. All right. Before we go, last question. Who y'all got in this game and who do I need to cheer for? Not W, not NBA, nothing basketball. We're talking about football, college football, championship. I'm going to watch it with my roommates. I don't know so anything this game about is, it. This game is coming out before um, – this pod is recording before the game. Like, it's actually starting right now because it's, like, yeah. very close to 8 o'clock. Yeah. Um, hey, we, we – in our Slack chat – in our sorry, not Slack. Um, in our Twitter chat, I posted the clip of succession of – when I mean I can't say this because I mean this is a very rated whatever podcast, but that clip when it's I've seen you BF before, I've never seen this dude BF before. Uh that's how I feel about Nick Saban. Um so I went plus one twenty. Um if you're into gambling, by the way, I'll just claim this. Fade me every single pick that I publicly make. Cause I suck at gambling. I just do it for fun. Uh, but I want plus 120 on Bama. Um, I've never seen Nick Saban lose these big games before. I'm lost a couple times to Clemson, but I understand your point. I'm I'm just rolling with Bama. Like, it it is what it is. Okay, Corey? I mean, I'm going to say it for you, Bailey, because I know you won't say it. You just put it in our chat, but I know you won't say it. But as much as I think Atlanta – or as much as I think Bama's going to win, go dogs. I've never uttered those words and never planned to. I get it. I get it. But I know it's not your thing. But, like, it, it's just, like, I am i don't really watch college football, but I'm just kind of tired of Nick Saban. Like, just this <laughs> just this weekend, like, him complaining about NIL and saying, like, it's going to create a competitive imbalance when Bruh is paying a million dollars for a quarterback. Like, it's just a complete lack of, per, like, perspective i just i don't i don't mess with him so and, I would like like, lose. and, and why i appreciate nick saban in alabama as the next football coach of one michigan state university he is uh did he also did he did he also be the reason why he told us to go after mel tucker he, yes he did so he gave us our goal so i don't know if i told you guys a story or not I'm sure. from college football back Mel Tucker was a grad assistant under one Nick Saban. And when Mark D'Antonio stepped down, Tom Ezzo hit up Nick Saban and he was like, yo, who should we go after as a head coach? And Nick Saban literally at 3 a.m. texted Tom Ezzo, Mel Tucker. Okay. But I, I can, I get why you would like that then. I can't really. Yeah. And also it's, it's hilarious a narrative that Nick Saban got to spin. 
like he's been the nobody expected us to be here as if they don't turn up five star classes after five star classes. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. But also that UGA defense is something insane. They, they, uh. have a, they have a six four 375 pound D tackle that runs a 4340. Like he's it's like pretty- like you, you're not allowed to be that big and that fast. Like that's illegal. Um, <laughs> but no, like seriously, like that should not be a normal thing. Um, but yeah, I'm going Bama. Nice, cool. Bailey, will you? I'm going. I'm, I'll go Georgia because I want it to happen. Will you be rooting for? Like I know you said you hadn't picked yet. Are you going to root for your alma mater? Or are you just going to actually just abstain from everything? I'm literally just down there for food and vibes. Like I could not care less. I'll probably watch like four plays. I'll also say it's the year of Carissa with the sky winning and I know Carissa would be rooting for the Georgia Bulldogs. She so would be. Let's root for Carissa. I, I, I'll let Carissa root for them from Guatemala. I'm I'm chilling. She can root enough for the two of us because I can't do it. Corey, do you have any idea to what our debate is next week? He doesn't no, I actually have to I, we, will, we will reveal it next week on the pod. I actually have to think about it, but I do want it to be something Something musical. So, yep. I have a I have an idea that I want to really work out, and then I'll pitch to you guys. But uh, definitely come back for that next week. It'll be the three of us again. Uh, by the time we come back next week, we'll I think that'll be like core offers can finally like all like all of that can be officially made as of the fourteenth. So that is a couple days after this pod drops. So by the time we come back next week, we'll have a little bit more information into that. Be able to look a little bit more towards uh, free agency, and I'm sure something dramatic will happen. It's the W. That's kind of what we do here. Uh, But for Bailey and Akil, I'll catch you guys next week on the Rebel Edition. (laughs) 